Hi, this is Casey Powell with Thompson & Associates, and I'm here today with Tom Cullinan, who joined Thompson & Associates in 2013 as a senior vice president. Uh, Tom has over 20 years of experience working with charitable organizations as a consultant and a fundraiser and uh, you know, plan giving specialist, uh, just incredibly knowledgeable. And uh, he's, in fact, been the editor for Planned Giving Today since 2011, uh, as uh, among many of his accolades. So, so Tom, thank you for joining us, and we are we are honored that you uh, will spend some time with us talking about charitable charitable estate planning today. Good morning, Casey. I'm glad to be with you. Well, Tom, I wanted to just ask you about types of property today and uh, you know when 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 hearing property a lot of people you know they automatically think of of land of dirt and uh, you know, plots of land but but from an estate planning context uh, what are the different types of property the law basically defines property as that which is real property and that which is not it, it defines a way uh, that's one way of, of setting up the definition. Real property is basically land and anything that's permanently affixed to it. So we think of buildings and fences and things that are attached to, to that property that would be personal property if it wasn't attached. So like when you buy a house, you, the plumbing, the lighting, the heating fixtures are part of that property. Another thing that in the charitable giving world we ought to be thinking of are things like growing crops and other interests uh, that might be less than entire the entire property itself. Timberland has become a very popular gift uh, in certain regions of the country. So you have real property. There are two categories there also. You have what's tangible and what's intangible. Tangible property is that which has a physical form, a substance. You can feel it. You can touch it. You can have uh, tangible property that's both real property or it could be uh, in the form of personal property but you can feel the substance of it it's there intangible property on the other hand is a representation of some value an evidence of value such as things like stock certificates or franchises or copyrights there's no marketable value in and of itself from that piece of paper but it represents an interest that does have value. And so um, intangible property can be uh, given to charity as well. Personal property, as I mentioned, is just all property that is not uh, real. So you have uh, stuff that, like movable items, goods, uh, which you would call in the law that would be, uh, the term would be chattel. And you also have fixtures if that's detached from real property. So there are a lot of ways to get in the weeds with it, but basically to know that it's real or personal, tangible or intangible. Well, that's great. So, so let's let's talk, uh, you know, about real and and personal property. How how do you signify that you own that? What what's the the method that uh, shows that that you own that type of property? How you, whether you own it and how you prove that, really, um, that's treated under the law basically by the laws of the state in which that property resides or you reside. 
Um, real estate is commonly taxed at the state and local level. Therefore, the state requires that we have titles. We register uh, for those titles. And the transfers become uh, more formalities in order to transfer uh, real property. Now, certain valuable uh, personal property is often taxed or regulated. Think of motor vehicles or boats, trailers, things like that. And so you may have some kind of uh, registration or regular tax that goes along with that. And so that certificate would be evidence of your ownership, that the state knows that you have registered your property in your name or that you have titled your uh, yacht in your name. And so therefore, you can show that as evidence of ownership before giving it to the charity. Okay, yeah, that's, and I guess that, you know, you've, you've kind of answered my, you know, my thought process is, you know, first off, if, you know, how, how you prove you own something, and then, you know, how do you transfer something? And so, so I guess what's, uh, you know, why is this relevant to charitable giving? Why are we even talking about the types of property? And I think that's, that's a really important uh, concept is, is how, how we can transfer property to, to not only charities but to uh, other people, our heirs, or, or as a gift or in our estate. So, so can you just talk a little bit about why this matters and, and how it matters to charitable giving and, and how that would um, how that actually happens? Well, I, one of the things in our role working for charities uh, or advising people. Um, as they're talking about charitable gifts, they often don't know that it's more complicated uh, than it seems on the surface. And so the help, if we can guide them on, on how this process rolls out, how, how, how there are some formalities to follow, that, that can help. So if we understand the type of property, we can make it easy for them to uh, go to their advisors and, and to affect those transfers. And, and that can also have an impact on uh, income or gift or estate tax consequences in terms of valuation or, or or to whom that property is transferred, especially if you're talking about gifts to a family or other heirs. Uh, and it's also important, people will overlook this, uh, whether the debt needs to be severed from their, their property. Mm -hmm. They may have an interest in transferring their, their home, but if it has a mortgage attached, that can be problematic for uh, a charitable gift. They may need to switch that debt onto another asset in order to tra uh, transfer it without an encumbrance to avoid some uh, uh, negative tax consequences. And as a, a gift planning officer, as a major gift officer, it, it's important to uh, just to, to look for those issues and point them out so that the donor doesn't uh, stumble along and get themselves in trouble and come back and uh, feel responsible, uh, put that responsibility on us for uh, uh, having gone the wrong way or not given them the right kind of advice. We also have to be clear as to who owns that property. There's always the possibility that someone else owns it. Somebody may want to give you something and not have complete ownership, uh, whether that's uh, a spouse or a relative. Um, <clears throat> And so I remember a time when a man came and wanted to give his residence uh, to a university, 
but was completely unaware that his brother, who didn't live there, was in another state, uh, also owned an interest in that property. So he couldn't on his own give that property. He'd have to get his brother's uh, consent to that same gift. So knowing how it's titled, knowing how it's registered, uh, you know, it's a good detail that, that will need to be looked at before you get too far down the road and in affecting a transfer of certain kinds of property. Yeah, that's that's, that's good. That's, that's really important. I think, um, you know, with with real property and you know ha having a title and uh, you know looking at that title and and uh, you know we're going to ask Tom to to have another podcast uh, just uh, talking about the specific types of joint ownership. So I think you know this is a good uh, segue to that. Uh, that other conversation, because you really have to look to make sure that that uh, if someone is giving some property, that that they do have the right to do that, and uh, you know, ha helping helping our donors walk through that process uh, to make sure that they cross all their T's and dot all their I's, and, and uh, make sure that 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 gift is is complete, and uh, it is exactly what all the parties think it is is, is really important. Yeah, you're right, Casey, and uh, it's not that we have to be experts in, in knowing about the different forms of, of property and, and to know exactly how to run all these traps from A to Z, but just to identify issues and to know that they can be there so that uh, we don't get ahead of ourselves or let donors get too far down the path without realizing the consequences. We can bring in their, their advisors and make sure that they get the right kind of uh, advice and know whether it makes sense or not. People tend to just look at what they own and, and say, I want my daughter to have the lake house. I want my son to have this business interest. I want the charity to get this raw land. Those might not be the right assets to contribute once they look at how they're owned. And uh, so we can help them. We can guide them in those uh, considerations and, and help them make the right kind of gift that's both most uh, financially efficient as well as accomplishes their goals and takes care of their family as well as their uh, charitable interests. That's great, great. Well, well thanks, Tom. If, if someone wants to get a hold of you, Tom, what's the best way of getting getting hold of you? best way to reach me, I think, is uh, through my Thompson & Associates email. Um, so feel free to call, uh, send a note to T. Cullinan, T. C. U. L. L. I. N. A. N. at ceplan.com. Great, thank you, Tom, for the this grades have been very helpful, and and uh, we'll we'll uh, again continue this conversation on on another podcast talking about the different types of joint ownership. Sounds good. I'll meet you over there. Thanks. Bye for now.